Oh, good morning. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for gathering us together in the name of Jesus. And now that we can uh, think about your word a little bit, we pray that you will help us and give us uh, revelation through your Holy Spirit about the truth that you speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I wondered if, how many of you have heard a variation of the saying about um, you climb up a ladder and find out that it's on the wrong wall? <laughs> and um, actually, I was going to use that in my, in my original sermon, but I found out that I climbed up the wrong ladder, <laughs> up the wrong wall, because I had the wrong set of readings. <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, God is still God on the throne. So, um, I think what I want to share with you in the slide presentation anyway will go along with what uh, we read in the second letter to uh, Timothy that Paul wrote. As you remember, Paul uh, was called by God as an apostle. That means that he was an authorized uh, speaker for Jesus. It's okay? Um, and his main message was the gospel. Um, and that's what needs to be the center of all of our work also, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, he doesn't go into it in great depth in this verse, but if we look at the gospels in general and his other writings, we found out that what he wants us to concentrate on is that Jesus came and lived among us and then died for us. Um, he was the only human being that was ever perfect, and so he was able to take upon himself our sins and set us free uh, from them. And then he rose again and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And we proclaimed that, like in the first hymn, we had that. We're going to say it in the creed. We're going to celebrate it at the table. Uh, there's different ways that we do that. But, you know, you can be at the church and not get the message. I grew up in the church my whole life. I remember going to Sunday school and then to church, and it never sank in until I was in about eighth grade. As some people, it doesn't sink in until they're 50 or 60 or 70 years old. So actually, I'm very thankful to the Lord. But um, one of my fellow pastors in Chile uh, copies somebody from England who says, we need to preach the gospel first to myself, but every time. Um, it's important to always remember what Jesus did for us so that we love him more and more. Now, Paul writes to Timothy, um, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Why did he say that? Well, obviously, it's a danger. Um, now, in the passages that I had studied uh, for my other sermon, which maybe will serve in four years, um, <laughs> Uh, it was evident that God's people, time after time, climbed the ladder up the wrong wall. Um, and it wasn't only God's old people, Israel. It's the church, too. Um, you can find that in the New Testament. It's a danger for us. Now, a person who's really saved will not lose their salvation because they haven't done anything to be saved. They were a dead a person who was dead in their sins and trespasses. And God came and miraculously rose them up uh, from their d death, and he gave them new life in Jesus. 
and he gave them faith so that they could believe God. And when you believe God, it's counted to you as righteousness, just like it was Abraham 4,000 years ago. That's the only way that somebody can be saved. When God saves you, you didn't do anything to be saved. You can't do anything to be saved. And you can't do anything to be unsaved. The devil even isn't strong enough to unsave you. Because who's stronger, God or the devil? Obviously, God is. So that's good news. And that's the gospel. But even still, there's that danger that we might become ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Um, even somebody so great as Timothy. Well, Timothy was a little bit timid. And Paul said to him, But God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Maybe somebody here today needs to hear that. God hasn't given you a spirit of tim timidity, uh, of fear, but he has given you a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. And so go with that. Go with what God has declared about you in the gospel, not about what your own internal fears and the devil and the world might be saying about you. Because they tell you lies. But what tells you the truth? The Bible. The Bible tells you the truth. Now, the truth is that we can't do it on our own. That's why we begin the service, uh, like with the, um, the um, summary of the law or of the Ten Commandments sometimes. It's not that the gospel is telling us, do this, do this, do this, and don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, and you can earn your way to heaven. Those are proclaimed so that we cry out, have, Lord, have mercy on us, because we can't keep God's law. That was never the intention of God's law, for the people to earn their way to heaven, is to show us how far fallen we are from what, God's, what, from, from what perfection is. The only one who kept God's law perfectly was Jesus. And that's the reason he could be the Lamb of God, the, the sacrifice for our sins. So let me, let me show you a little bit about the work that we're doing in Chile. And I'm going to try to link this in of how uh, we ourselves are trying to proclaim the gospel and encourage the people there to proclaim the gospel and be uh, followers of Jesus. Uh, so in 2014, after 20 year, 28 years of serving as Sam's missionaries in the Anglican Church of Chile and urban areas of, of Chile, our family was invited by Bishop Avelino Apeleo and his wife Patricia to join them in moving to Temuco to help revitalize the work of the Anglican Church in the place it began almost 125 years ago, the rural areas of southern Chile, home to the indigenous Mapuche people. For years, my des the desire of my heart had been to work among the Mapuche. Actually, if the, the uh, psalm had that. Uh, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, I never told anybody about that desire, but God knew it was there, because he had put it there. And so, um, anyway, he brought it about. Um, in, so in 2014, God saw fit to grant that desire in bringing us to serve among them. Just uh, to give you a little history, or I mean geography lesson, in case you don't remember, Chile is the light blue country on the left-hand side of South America. And then in the middle I have it lengthened, 
the red dots, the, the top one is where Santiago is, and the bottom one is where Timuco is, where we now live. Uh, they're about 450 miles apart. Um, the, one of the most important things that I do, one of the most strategic, is working at the Rural Bible Institute. The urgent need is for the theological and biblical training of Mapuche church leaders with the view that some of them will later be ordained. I was invited to serve as professor of Old Testament and the Book of Mark at, the, at this Rural Bible Institute and to help the students with homework from their other classes as well. So this is about my half-time job. Um, each year a small group receives intensive training and a minimum stipend to help facilitate their 10 months of study. Here is the class of 2019. They start in March and they finish in December. The year ends with the graduation ceremony. This was the 2018 graduating class with their professors. Uh, we were very excited when 2014 graduate Mario, who with his wife um, um, have be, and family have become our good friends over the last several years. He was ordained priest uh, on March 17, 2019 and is now pastoring the church he has been a member of for a number of years. But God has called us to something new. Um, the work in the Reino de Dios Church. During our, the first three and a half years that we were in the South, in addition to his work, the rural, in addition to my work at the Rural Bible Institute, I was given the responsibility of visiting many small congregations like this one, most decades old, almost all without a pastor. Many of them, they have Holy Communion one time a year. Early in 2018, just after we returned to Chile, following our last home ministry assignment, our job description changed when our bishop informed us that he needed me to be the pastor of Reino de Dios, which means the Kingdom of God, Anglican Church, a very small congregation in La Franza, a bedroom community of Temuco. Um, I was installed as pastor of the church on March 24, 2018, in this joy-filled service and celebration. Now, Reino de Dios Church was begun 45 years ago after an evangelistic campaign in the neighborhood and with the help of one of the Temuco churches. But until now, it had not had its own ordained pastor. The people have welcomed us in... Oops. Sorry? Okay. There, there's the church. It's actually been painted since I took that picture. Um, the people have welcomed us enthusiastically, overjoyed to have a pastor at last. Here they had decorated the church to celebrate our birthdays in January. They show us so much love. During our first year there, Heidi has been able to reinitiate the Sunday school, which had not been functioning for over 15 years. She recruited a small team of women to uh, work with, uh, to work as teachers on a rotating basis. And then these two ladies were sponsored by Heidi for the Women's Encounter in the Holy Spirit, which was held at uh, San Mateo Church in Temuco, which is where my family had attended before. Um, it was with the hope that one day this ministry will be begun in Lavranza, because one of the things that Paul wanted Timothy to do and to inculcate in the church was to evangelize. Um, we have to tell people that don't know about Jesus about him. 
Um, and one way that it's being done in the Anglican Church in Chile is through these women's encounter in the spirit. It's not the only way. We also need people to grow in discipleship and, um, and how they live uh, for Jesus. That's applying the gospel to their everyday life. And so one thing that we were happy to do was share the Alpha Marriage Course uh, on a DVD series with this small but eager group of couples who were so right here at this picture we're celebrating their completion of the of the course also the congregation and invited guests celebrated enthusiastically a, a Passover celebration on Monday Thursday they had never heard about Monday Thursday even less about a Passover celebration so this is one way we were trying to bring them the gospel in a little different way uh, so that they could understand this great thing that Jesus did um, as he as God had set free the slaves from Egypt he was set them free by dying on the cross uh, by shedding his blood like the Passover lambs uh, blood had been shed and uh, that service was enhanced by a worship dance performed by our daughter um, Joanne and the wife of the pastor of the church where she's going, where, which she's helping to plant. Now, the men of the church and, and I worked diligently many hot summer Saturdays, um, starting in January, to tear down the tiny combination kitchen Sunday school room storage closet. You know, they, they would have the lawnmower inside with the, the children while they were having their little class. And gradually turn it into a much more adequate multi-purpose room. Here it's almost finished um, and the, the ladies were able to have a going away party for Heidi before uh, she traveled to the States. Well this is just a little bit of news but it's it's good news that the gospel is advancing through the work of the Anglican Church in Chile. Uh, just remember where Chile is in South America we belong to the province of South America, which was six countries, seven dioceses. But in the last year, Chile divided from one diocese into four. So now we're the Diocese of Valparaiso in the north, the Diocese of Santiago, the Diocese of Concepcion in the south, and where we live, Timuco and the Araucanía. Um, our diocese is separate because we have the largest number of churches in the country, though it's, they're not the strongest. A lot of the country churches have six people, ten people, uh, some, are, some are a little bit bigger, but um, it, it's a, that's just the nature of rural churches. Uh, but culturally also, we're quite different than the rest of the country. I mean, we have your typical Chileans, and we have typical Chileans in the churches also, but most of our churches are rural Mapuche majority churches. So, um, November 2nd, 2018 was a historic occasion in the life of the Anglican Church of Chile. On that day, the Archbishop of Canterbury was here, along with several other dignitaries. Notice our beloved Archbishop um, Foley Beach, um, and also the, the Gafcon uh, Archbishop of the Anglican Church of Brazil, Miguel Uchoa. I don't know if you know him, but he's a great friend of our uh, of our new province uh, of Chile. Um, and I saw both of them just last week at, um, at the New Wineskins Conference. So anyway, I'm, I guess I'm dropping names, but, but um, 
it was a great celebration as we became the 40th autonomous province of the Anglican Communion, which speaks well of that the church has progressed and grown. And he also uh, installed our own bishop, Tito Savala, as primate, whom I believe was, became dear friends with um, your beloved bishop, John David. Uh, he gave him, uh, I think, a ring or something. Um, well, here is our diocesan bishop, Avalino Apaleo, with the full-time pastors in the Diocese of Temuco. There are a few other elderly uh, retired pastors that were from country churches uh, and a few part-time, but um, that's, that's basically our team. Now, something else that the Lord has opened up for us to be in, involved in, um, which has to do with helping people apply the gospel uh, to their actual lives, but in this case, their ministries. It's called Equipping Servants International. It was begun by a friend of ours named Kep James, who with his wife, Debbie, have been working in Bolivia for the last 30 years. Um, in January of 2017, Kep came to Temuco to explore the possibility of beginning SE in, in Chile, but not in Santiago, the capital, but in Temuco. Um, 80 people attended the presentation we organized and expressed great interest in SE being launched in Chile. So Kep appointed a committee to organize uh, the plans and asked us to coordinate it. I just point out that there, there are two people missing from the picture, nine people on the committee, and six of us are Anglican. So that's, that speaks well of the Anglican Church of Chile. Um, after training in the June of that year, 23 small group facilitators launched SE in August, with close to 200 participating in small groups. While Bible study is the main activity of the weekly meetings, a significant part of each meeting is participating in a transparency group in which people share from their hearts in groups of three or four and pray for one another, um, where they, the idea is that they really open up what they're really struggling with. What is the temptation that they're facing? Whom have I shared the gospel with in the last seven days? Um, it kind of keeps you accountable. Um, we always love it when people come to serve in Chile and we get to be involved in that in some way or another. Whether it's a team, like this wonderful group who worked hard for 10 days doing sanding, painting, and even laying a sidewalk in Cholchol, the community where the Anglican Church work uh, first began, or individuals who join us for a time. Here is Rachel, our niece, who spent five months with, living with us and volunteering in a local daycare center. Or individuals who join us for a time. Um, like Jeff and his daughter Sophia from one of our supporting churches in California, or oops, or Keenan from a supporting church in Springfield, Illinois. Visiting or serving can be a significant experience, and we would welcome you with open arms. Um, and we do want to share a little bit about our family, because I don't know if you notice, uh, Timothy was from a family of faith. His mother and his grandmother had passed on to him uh, the, the message of the gospel. And so family is important. Um, on Ju July 27, 2019 was a historic day in the Smith family. On that day we became seven with the marriage of Joshua to his beautiful Mapuche bride, Marita. 
in a grace-filled ceremony in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where he is now in a senior year at Kuiper College. And um, they're there living in married student housing. The story of Marita receiving her fiancé visa, which enabled her to legally enter the U.S. on July 17th and marry Joshua 10 days later, is another testimony of the faithfulness of, and grace of God. After several years of working as a teacher's aide in Santiago in March of 2019, 26-year-old Joanne was able to begin studies in early childhood education at the Instituto Profesional in Temuco. And on her birthday, May 10th, she said yes to her boyfriend Pedro's request to marry her. Together they are helping in the planting of a new church in Temuco. By the way, Pedro is Marita's first cousin. <laughs> and Joel, 32, continues to live in Asia, presently Vietnam, teaching English online to Chinese students while experiencing life in, other, in different cultures, as had been his dream for years. It's not all been smooth sailing, but we trust God has his hand on Joel's life. Keep praying for him. And finally, our youngest, 18-year-old Jocelyn, began life as a college freshman at Johnson University, a small Christian college in Knoxville, Tennessee. We were pleased to see the Chilean flag and the display of nations represented among the student body. And as a personal note, I'm also happy to see the Cherokee Nation flag behind her also. In these months, we have had the privilege of living in nearby Maryville, in the home of this couple, Fritz and Jen, thanks to God's grace and connecting us with Missional Living, an organization that exists for the purpose of bringing together people wanting to provide housing for missionaries. No. It, wants, it brings together people who want to provide housing for missionaries with missionaries who need housing. Uh, we are here to be a support to Jocelyn during this first semester of college as we do our church visits uh, with this, this lovely area of Eastern Tennessee as our home base. Lord willing, in February we will return to Chile. Only the Lord knows all that he has in store as we continue to serve him there. What we know is that as Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 proclaims, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And so, um, as I uh, finish, please keep praying for us. I hope that gave you an idea of how we are trying to evangelize and disciple or encourage the church to evangelize and disciple because it's really not the work of the pastor. It's the work of the people. Um, the message goes for you all too. Um, but keep praying for us and to help you to do that, we have our newest version of the prayer card and I've uh, asked you to take one with you uh, this morning. And also we want to give you uh, a little gift. Maybe it doesn't quite go with your decor. Uh, but it's um, ma ma handmade by uh, a Mapuche lady. Um, and um, we believe that this one is probably an apple tree, but for us it represents the tree of life, who's Jesus, whom we're uh, uh, heading towards. And so uh, we hope that you'll also re um, remember us as you see this uh, somewhere hanging in your facilities. Thank you, Father. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, may I pray? Please. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus the Good Shepherd Church and for their ministry in the community. I pray that you will help them and that you will help us where we are to evangelize and to disciple uh, because it is your will uh, that at that last day there will be people from every tribe and people and language and nation uh, represented um, in the great crowd around your throne.
In Jesus' name, amen.